What's going on? It's Howie Spangler, Tales from the Green Room, episode number 90. Who remembers the year 1990? Ninja Turtles, Vanilla Ice, In Living Color, the movie Ski Patrol, Home Alone, Patrick Swayze, Kindergarten Cop. I could do this all day. Man, what a decade that turned out to be. The music, the movies... That was the best decade for music and movies. Change my mind. Hit me in the DM. Change my mind. 90s was the best. Just for movies and music, though. Everything else is much better, I think. Technology. We have iPhones now. (laughs) I'm able to serve you this podcast with ease. You know, I wouldn't be able to do this in 1990. Plus, I was like 10. So, um, so, uh, yeah, well, first off, um, check out the, uh, the Ballyhoo tour dates coming up in, uh, mid-November here, coming up very soon, I think, not, not this weekend, but next weekend, we're heading down to, uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, and we have a few shows in Florida, we got Sanford, Stewart, and Jacksonville. So grab tickets for that at ballyhooracks.com slash tour. Uh, And we're going to go to Anchorage for the first time. Uh, uh, November 23rd, we're going to be over there. Uh, It's going to make state number 50 for us. State number 50. We've been to all the states, and we're finally going to do this one. So pretty psyched about that. Um, So if you have any friends that you know up that way or uh, anybody that wants to come out, let me know. Because hopefully we have people coming to the show to see us <laughs> um, uh, I got shows with Eric Rachmani from Revolution coming up very soon as well kicking off on Black Friday actually I'm going to be in Denver with him uh, at the Summit I believe it's called um, we're going to fly out for that and then we're flying back to the East Coast to uh, kick off that leg there um, I believe that starts in Virginia Beach on December 1st so uh, go to HowieSpangler.com for all the dates and details grab tickets uh, some of these shows I think are going to sell out, so grab them soon. It's, it's really fun. It's going to be an acoustic thing. I've been liking doing this stuff lately, playing acoustic. And spreading my wings a little bit. Um, all right, so fresh off that Badfish show that I did yesterday with those guys, uh, they called me a few weeks ago to um, ask if I would front the band. Uh Patrick, their singer, he's got, he has a band called, uh, his own project actually called Zenith Volt, Zenith Volt with a V, um, very cool synth wave stuff, and he's like fully committed to it, like the content he's been putting up, like the videos and things he's been making, think like Tron, you know, from the 80s, and just that kind of music, the music that goes with that, just check it out, Zenith Volt, um, Dude's really talented. Anyway, I guess he has some shows. I think he's out in Hawaii doing some shows. So uh, they needed somebody to cover. And they hit up your boy. And uh, so I I kind of jumped at it. I was a little bit, you know, wondering if, if, if I could do it or not. And uh, I don't know. I was just like, you know what? I used to play a lot of Sublime songs, you know, at, at the bar gigs years ago before we started touring. And Sublime is one of my favorite bands. Um, it was just kind of a no-brainer. And I was like, I'm just going to put in the work. I'll accept the gig. And I'm just going to put in the work. And uh, 
you know, go, go and learn these songs fully, you know, because I didn't know all the lyrics and, uh, and all the kind of nuances and things. And a song like Date Rape um, is very, uh, you wouldn't think this if you actually get into it, though. Um, the, the guitar chord progressions kind of aren't what you think. It's not super formulaic and it's a very fun and kind of crazy song, but it's kind of schizophrenic in a way, too. Um, once, once I started digging in and ran it a few times, it started making sense, but, um, there's definitely some, some, uh, weird moments, you know, but in a good way. So I was proud of myself. I was able to learn, learn this stuff. And, uh, I had those guys over for rehearsal the night before on Saturday. And what you're going to hear is, uh, I, I got them to stick around and, and, uh, jump on the show with me. So you're going to hear the conversation that we had after rehearsal um, before the show. So, yeah, I guess uh, let's get into it. Let's not make you wait any longer. Uh, and uh, real quick, if you want to support the podcast, go to TalesFromTheGreenRoom.com, hit the Support the Podcast button, and you can choose to uh, do a monthly subscription, $0.99, cents, $4.99, $9.99, uh, any of those and you can cancel anytime you want no hard feelings I just appreciate it it just kind of helps me keep uh, getting uh, newer better gear and kind of making this podcast better and uh, keeping it going so oh also real quick don't forget to check out my new series on my YouTube channel let's hang out uh, Wednesday night 8 p.m. Eastern time let's hang out again okay I'm gonna try to make this a weekly thing while I'm home not on tour it's gonna be a lot harder when I'm on the road but while I'm home let's hang out I'm gonna play some songs we're just gonna chat about whatever I'm gonna be reading your chats uh, hit me up with some questions let me know what you think about anything and let's just let's talk about it let's hang out uh, go to my uh, my YouTube channel Howie Spangler and uh, subscribe hit the hit the bell and uh, yeah let's hang out all right, let's get into it. This is episode number 90 with my boys, Badfish. All right, what's up, dudes? Hey, How's it what's going? Up? What's up, Howie? Yeah, Howie. Yeah, man. We just did a uh, thing in my basement. We did a thing. Yeah. We played some songs. We played some songs together. By the way, is there a name or a nickname for your studio? The Batcave. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. It's the Batcave. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I love Batman. So uh, sure. And like, all my devices are the Bat something. Okay. Like even down to like the flash drives. Like the flash drives are the the, the Batarang. <laughs> um, uh, who's your favorite Batman? If if we're talking about this, let's get it out of the way. Are we talking about like uh, Michael Keaton Batman? Are we talking about Christian Bale? Who are we talking about here? Uh, I'm gonna go with Michael Keaton. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. He's in my a guy. Sen- in a sense. Yeah. Like, nostalgic sense, I'm there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, Christian Bale is great, you know? Sure. But, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Michael Keaton, like, that, that, that movie is what set me on the path. Right. You know, the 89 Batman, like... Eighty nine. Yeah, is, is that with like the Penguin, who's Danny DeVito? No, like, that was well, Returns. that was that was Batman Returns, right, right. but still Michael Keaton. But that's the Michael. That's that Batman. Yes, that's yeah. that certain. Yes, Batman Begins is pretty amazing. Batman Begins is great. It's really good. Is that wait? Is that Christian that's Bale. Bale? That's Bale. Yeah, that's Bale. Yeah, first one, and then it's Dark Knight is right. with the Joker. Yeah. Okay, then we're there. Okay, gotcha. 
Yeah. yeah back in the in Chicago, we, when they were filming that, we used to see uh, some of the bat cars are driving around like late night. Oh, it was cool. You catch them. It's so Chicago. It is. Yeah. That's what we call Chicago. It's like Gotham City sometimes. You right. Know? It's that vibe. All lower whacker underground. Which all is the cool roads because like Gotham City is to me. I always think it's like oh, it's just like a like a a bite off of New York City, but no, it's it's in that movie, it's Chicago full on. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, full on. And then yep. in Rises, it's like a bunch of cities, right? It's like Pittsburgh, Chicago. They did New York as well, I think. York, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. They kind of made a hodgepodge of all these different mm-hmm. spots in the city. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked Batman Begins. Dark Dark Knight's probably my favorite, just because you know Heath Ledger yeah. and. That whole <clears throat> yeah story was rad, right? I didn't really like Rises too much. Like I liked it, not as good, but it's not as good. Yeah, what is Rise? Definitely. I'm sorry, what is it? The one with Bane, the guy who's got the the face. Oh, okay. So still Christian Bale, but Bane. Christian Bale, yeah, yeah just the oh, bad I see. guy. And I see. Yeah, it was pretty dark. It know? was. Yeah, yeah. Which which about... which those are, I think, kind of dark on purpose. They're supposed to cool. be uh, like crime dramas. Yeah, really. Yeah, and with like. And all of the superhero stuff that happens, he Chris Nolan he wanted to, it to be like um, practical. So like, right? Um, uh, so I remember reading a story about how Batman has the you know the the fuck spike fin things on his I don't know on his on his gauntlet there. Sure. Yeah. In the comic books, and um, it was more for looks, I assume, in the, in the comic books. But uh, Chris Nolan's like the guy brings in the bat suit designs, and he's like. He's like, oh yeah, so um, you know the things. He's like, what are those there for? He's like, well, it's fucking Batman. It's like that's <laughs> it's Batman. He's like, right. What do they do? He's like, I don't know. They just it's fucking Batman. They do you Batman know? stuff. <laughs> and uh, he's like, he's like, they're not going on in the movie. He's like, what are you talking about, man? He's like, no. He's like, he's like, they're going in the movie. And Chris Nolan's like, well, better find out what the fuck they do then. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like so, because he wanted everything in the bat suit to not be just for looks. Everything had to have a function. Sure, very you know? So they made him blaze awesome. and shoot out, and you know he, he could like stop a sword with him, and then he could like actually shoot them out at people and shit. That's cool. So that was yeah. neat. Yeah, they wanted to be like a real world kind of. You know, if a guy had a billion dollars, right, right, and you apply yeah, it, that right. Way, what would you do with all that? What would you do yeah, with it? Of course, yeah. So I think that's why I gravitated towards that version of the franchise. Just very, I don't know. I like the dark side of it, and uh, it didn't strike me as your average superhero flick, you know? Yeah. Just, yeah, very, like you said, very real. Very Kubrick of him to, to do that. Yeah. You know? Just yeah, I was, a, I was a huge fan of, of uh, like, the whole trilogy, but out yeah. of the three, definitely, like, Rises was kind of like, like, eh, for me. Sure. He gets is that his back the third in a trilogy, Rises? Dark Knight Rises, yeah. It is, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's just... I'm just, yeah, I'm he, definitely out of the loop, but... He gets like over yeah, I've it. Seen them all, but yeah. he gets like over it, and then like Bane breaks yeah. his back, and then right. just and then he just goes away for I think seven years or something like that. Okay, and Gotham's just been torn apart even further by uh, the, the the people rising up, and like basically like Bane is like a disruptor in a way that like kind of like uh, like uh, what was the um, the things. Uh, I can't think of the damn word right now. They when they took over a city, like this happened a couple of times. Occupy, mm. Occupy, whatever yeah. city. Occupy Wall Street. Right, right. Yeah, Wall Street, all that yeah. stuff. Um, they it was kind of like that. And like, oh, okay. they, he's like, yo, well, these okay. people are when taking the, money from you. When the police like when they occupied their own city, is that what you mean? Yeah, no, like when when the civilians come in and uh, like form militias. I see. And like right. 
you know, basically take over and like overthrow the government and all that. You mean like in real life, this has happened? They, yeah, which, I mean, they, which it has. Yeah, yes. there was like a bunch of bunch of people and ah, oh, where was it? Uh, Occupy Wall Street, like any city that has had. It's some, like people that go there and yeah. protest. Yes, but then um, in this in this movie, it goes like way further, and they're like like. Like Scarecrow is like the judge, and he's like, right. he's like, oh, yeah, so cool. sending, oh my gosh, yes. sending cops and lawmakers that that oh, fuck wow. people over to the the ice water, like you know, making them jump in a right in right. the bay, you know, shit like that. I don't want to make this whole part about like superhero movies, but have why you not? Se- have you seen Joker? Oh yeah, yeah, I have too. What do, you, what do you think? Like, I thought it was just, awesome. Let's just go there. No spoilers. I've been waiting for the right time to see it. I haven't seen oh, okay. it yet. But oh, I'm sorry. We can. Right. Yeah, we can. But I, I don't want to do wanna spoilers anyway. It, I don't want to be that that podcast yeah, yeah. that does all the spoilers. Okay, Qu- quickly though, what we can do, do without think, like five stars. What do you think? I I, I look. I don't want to say it's five stars just because like oh it's amazing because just just like Heath Ledger it was amazing. Sure. I, it's at least four stars for sure. Like, but, I agree. Like, I, I, agree. Would say, I would say I would say four definitely probably on the high four. Awesome. Four. It's awesome. uh it's it's not the greatest movie I've ever seen, but it was a great movie. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and it really the, right. there was this whole thing about um uh gun violence and stuff and like sure. because of everything that's been happening. All that stuff. Yeah, yeah. A lot of that stuff. But really, the movie's about uh, mental health. Yeah, you know, mm, yeah. and I don't want to kind of is, you, but yeah, it's it's a it's very not really a spoiler a spoiler to say that. I, no, I, I don't think. I think it's like you know clearly like yeah, you know the Joker's fucked up. Yeah, that's it. But this has been the most uh, telling version. Yeah, you know, you've never seen really an, or, an origin story on screen, right? Like that, and the way he did it, the way they portrayed it, right? It's just like it's a really true. You get to watch the breakdown. It's very very cool to see but it's sad at the same time mm. you know? yeah i enjoyed it but what was funny to me it was like tell me what you guys think about this but like it's funny when i was hearing about all that oh this movie yeah the gun violence and stuff and like Ugh, it's disturbing it's like yeah but you can have the pennywise the it clown eating <coughs> children and that's fine <laughs> right, right 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 some other yeah it's a stephen king stuff and yeah well and i think they're just more worried about people like repeating what they're seeing yeah you know, you know no one's gonna fucking repeat that <laughs> Right. right, right, yeah. But there's been, but, like, but you know. there's been Stephen King novels that have been completely adapted throughout history that have plenty of violence. That you know, <coughs> now we're a little bit more like tuned into like, oh, is someone going to repeat this violence? Whereas in the '70s and the '80s, I felt like it was less so, and now it's like more so that we're like really worried about is someone going to repeat this violence because we're just in this weird place. Well, I mean, it's just more of uh, you know people are getting exposed to more stuff. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that no one was getting exposed to. So it's just, there's so much stuff out sure. there. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think not having seen it, but in this day and age, I'm, I'm glad that conversation is being brought to the table, you know? How do we fucking start talking about the Joker you know? for 30 minutes? I just find it weird because cause of Heath Ledger, you know? Like, just I just find, I can't believe they even made a movie, honestly. like Really? It seems kind of... Wow. You know, well, he... Yeah. Didn't he die in the tail end of that movie? Like after he filmed it, he yeah, died, like uh, you know, yeah. kind of. I think they, it's kind of unclear. So maybe drug, like, drug overdose, but he was like suffering. Right. Basically, he, from my understanding, is that he was kind of like got so in character that he was like suffering mental illness. His character you know, took him over a little bit. Yeah, depression. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, yeah. Which was yeah, obviously like a mental deficient character there yeah yeah I, kind I, of like I can see that feel weird that they even made this movie yeah. that no one really talked about that yeah it's interesting True. <clears throat> True. I thought I mean 
he, his take on it was definitely like iconic and the most different. I mean, Jack Nicholson, sure. like, was to me, Jack Nicholson was like, uh, I mean, it was great. It was, a, yeah, it was great. It was great. It was like the most like comic. Sort of campy. Campy, comic, uh, right, without. It it, it, it kind of walked the line a little bit. Like, it was campy, it was comic, it wasn't, like, too serious, it wasn't too comical, it was, like, right in the middle. Yeah, and he was, he was a little violent, I guess, at a times. A little violent He at shoots times. Bob right there yep. at the, you know, uh, right, 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 point right. blank. Which is almost better, because it's like, when's he gonna, when's he gonna snap? Yeah. And kill someone? Yeah. Because he's so funny, and he's so campy. When's he gonna s- snap and kill someone? Yeah. Um, and that happens. So yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but he these, was, he these was ones, a great Joker. He was a great Joker. He was a great yeah. Joker. But yeah. I, I don't think uh, when people say like, who, well, who's better, uh, Heath or uh, or Joaquin? Uh, and to me, it's it's apples and oranges. Right. It's so tough. It's 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 not that one was better than the other. They were both right. played very differently. Sure. Uh, but both done very well. Definitely. So, Dorian, you should go see it so we can talk. I can't wait. I've been waiting to go see it. I just haven't, I, you know, I'm such so a next, film... next pod, we can talk about it. I'm such a film junkie. I just haven't had the right time where I'm at ease enough to go and just really soak it in. You know, I go by myself. There's a theater in Chicago called The Music Box that does all, just the best place to go see a film. And I, there you go. I just, I'm all about it. I go on dates with myself. So I'm waiting for the right time to take myself out yeah. when, I, when I deserve it. So, and yeah, we'll talk. Man. We're going to go see The Irish. And, and, yeah. the, and The Lighthouse, I want to see that, too. Okay. That looks awesome. Yeah, let's yeah, get a tour cool. going. Yeah. Gonna, gonna let's go. go out to dates. <laughs> let's, let's go. Let's go. Out to dates, man. Let's go. I have a couple of movies I have to see. Let's go. <laughs> um, so I, I've always wanted to know, like, what you guys, uh, what was the, um, why did you guys start a, a Sublime Tribute band? Whose idea was it? <clears throat> you kind of, you know, me and my brother and our original lead singer. You know, I mean, for me, it was Sublime was definitely my favorite band. Yeah. I mean, it was really like the mix of ska and punk that I was listening to and they were just did it better than everybody, you know? So <clears throat> we had this idea probably like 1998. We were, uh, we had, we were in a, we were in a punk ska band. Wasn't very good. And the band had disagree. Ended. It was great. <laughs> they were, in my opinion, the best ska band to exist ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, um, so the, you know, the band had kind of ended and then, you know, we were kind of like toying around the idea of like playing some Sublime songs. I remember we went to maybe Record Town or what was one of our record stores in, in oh, town. And we actually bought like the Sublime, like uh, what's like the book with all the songs and like. Like the, the music book. The, the music the one, book the of Sublime. That, you know, like yeah, had, yeah, sure, had that. Sure. We started like trying to like play through the songs yeah. with me and the original lead singer and my brother, my brother playing drums. My brother was just not a very good drummer, so. But a great guitar player. But after like, so after like three or four rehearsals, we were just like, ah, this isn't gonna work, you know. <laughs> and, and for me at that point too, I was like, ah, I'm just gonna go to college. Like I'm kind of done being in a band and traveling on weekends and sort of going through at any level. Like a band sort of takes over your life a little bit. So, <clears throat> uh, my brother and you know Dave, our first lead singer. Um, they started a punk band. So they kept going with the band, and I was like, ah, I'm done for for now, and went to college for, for four years. So oh, wow. that was sort of where the idea started at that point. And then, <clears throat> and then four years later, I'm in class with that guy, and, you know, he's in a band, and that's maybe not going so well, and he's looking to do some other things musically. 
the punk band that Dave was in was sort of not going so well at that point. He's looking to do something else. And we were like, hey, let's just like, let's just get together and jam. So we got together. We started jamming. And we were like, hey, remember we we had that idea to like, you know, do a Sublime Tribute show. You want to, let's just do that. Let's just like book a show and do that. And Scott Scott was like, all right, let's do it. So we booked our- About anything, yeah. Yeah, we, so we booked our first show at the Ocean Mist, and that's how that went. Ocean Mist. Yeah. Damn, yeah, we played there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a cool Great spot. Place. Yeah, we Sublime s- played there, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Sublime played yeah. there, yeah. Nice. Oh. Yeah, that was a cool spot. It's a great spot. I mean, we still play that's- there a couple of times a year. I mean, kind of kind of one of my favorite spots still. Oh, yeah. I mean, kind of like the quintessential <clears throat> like spot for us to play, like on the beach, like club drunkards coming lo- drunk locals coming it has a, a mix of all that stuff is like i don't know to me like that's what we're about yeah i mean it has a great vibe like it has a good vibe yeah. like there's still enough production that it's cool like sound yeah it sounds stage. it still sounds yeah, the good stage it still is sounds nice. good but it's small and people are like standing right in front of you yeah, and yeah. like it's it's just really fun. Yeah, I mean, it's almost house party-ish with like a real stage. Yeah. Right. There yeah. You go. There you go. Get that that you makes know. sense. So I think for me, I've always had more fun at like those kind of places. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, that's so that was 2001. So that was the first uh, Sublime Tribute show. Yes. 2001. So right. were you guys Badfish yet, or were we just sort of like you had, didn't have a name or? It was Badfish. Yeah. I mean, that came together real fast. From the jump, it was Badfish. Choosing yeah. that name. Yeah. I mean, that was. I remember actually, me and Dave were living together, and we were. I don't know if you were there or not, Scott, but we were just sitting on the couch in our in our house, and we were just like just running through the names of song of songs of Sublime. We're like Badfish, yeah. that's the name. That's the one. Yeah, that's yeah. That, that's that's done. Right. Very you know? cool name. Yeah. yeah. I always say I don't remember ever being uh, part of the discussion of like what do we call the band, but like that makes sense, and it's the one thing that we've never ever disagreed on because that just seems to be a good name for the band. There we go, Badfish. Yeah. 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 It's. It's it's uh it's kind of iconic. It's like I always like the the one word, right. one word, you know. And um, it's an iconic sublime song. It's a very very good sublime song. Great sublime song. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think even then it was like probably my favorite sublime song. Yeah, that now was for the section that, where we that was the one where uh, I I heard it on uh, the mom compilation music for our mother Earth or whatever back in like. 96 or 97 that came out and, now, and I remember hearing that song and I was like oh my god like um because I had already heard like uh I think I think I'd heard like Santeria and that's the one that kind of was like okay I like this band now whatever because I didn't like what I got when it came out I was like oh, I'm not into this I was into like Green Day and you know just yeah sure. uh, silver I'm chair I'm there with you yeah <laughs> and uh oh, Scott loves silver chair oh yeah silver chair was a shit or not silver chair but okay. yeah. I love silver chair frog style front to back yeah, yeah, no, I, I know what you mean like to me what I got was almost like what is this country rock shit yeah that's a how it felt bit. it felt country it rock. would that we said this earlier at rehearsal but yeah. that would be an instant country song for sure today. totally that was, still you, is yeah um but yeah, I heard Sublime, I heard Santeria, and I was like, "Damn, that's sick!" And then like the video, it was MTV, and like the video is just him like a ghost, you know, with uh, like Eric's in like a sombrero and shit, right? Yeah. And uh, and uh, I was like, "Man, okay, this is this band's cool now." And then I I happened to have uh, that compilation, and like No Doubt was on there, and some other bands, and then Badfish was on there, um, and I heard it, and I was like, "Oh, Sublime, I know this band. I played the song." I was like, "Oh my god!" And I went straight to the garage and started trying to learn how to play it. 
And I was like, you know, 97, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking wow. just, there's, there's something magical about that band, you know? And as, as all the, as, as crazy as, as they were and like sabotaging their own careers along the way, you know? Totally. Um, they, I don't know. Somehow they just broke through it. I guess it was because the music was just so good, you know? So right. prolific. So prolific. Yeah. His lyrics are great. I mean, the lyrics, the melodies, everything. The voice is just right. Yeah, he's a, a songwriter of a pretty freaking high caliber. When yeah. you put him up against, like, you know, the songwriters of our like age, you know, like put him up against Bob Dylan, anything. Like to me, Bradley Noel is like sure. up there. He's up there, way I'll, up there. I'll agree with you, man. Like above, even honestly, I think he's that that good. Yeah, he, it, it really sucks because you think about what he could be doing today. Sure. You know, right. Always. Yeah. I mean, the whole team that they had too. the more we dissect it, you know, from our angle, just the more you see, there's just so many pieces to it. You know, like, where did you get that from? Or where'd you get that sample from? And then, you, you know, you got that side and then you, you know, I don't know from sure. the hip hop to punk to Scott. Or, I mean, just again, just prolific ahead of its time. Yeah. It was, you know, it was here we are. new shit that was and you're talking 1991, 92, 93. Like right. this, this wasn't happening. Right, you know, as like not definitely not on the on the commercial level, you know. Right, and these guys just come out of nowhere. It, it was like, like a novelty to have like a rap rock rap rock thing happen. So mm-hmm. you have your Aerosmith and Run DMC, you have your Anthrax and your Public Enemy, but then here comes Sublime, and here they come with really melding all these styles like in their own songs without bringing other artists in. They're like melding styles. Kind of like Beastie Boys, maybe a little bit, but at right. the same time, just like also taking Beastie Boys influences in, just like making it happen, making it incredible, and they really did it like in a way that I, I you can go back and listen to it. It's like I, I don't even know what to say about it. It's incredible. Yeah, they were like uh, students of music or something. Yeah, it's like they just right. happen to know all these different styles. They just, right, right, everything, Dead. all the all the good stuff, all the good stuff. Yeah, because there was tons of shit. Yeah. You know? Through yeah. the '90s and '80s, sure. It t- seems like they like picked out all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he was, but he was just sort of like mashing together mm-hmm. different things, you know. Right. That's Not right. unlike how like DJs are doing it today, or right. right, like right. But this was like live music. It wasn't right. But how do you be a good DJ? DJ. You got to get the yeah. best stuff. Yeah, he's finding the best stuff. Find so the best stuff. and mash it together. Bradley's. He was doing level that. Talent. Another right. level talent. Another level. Yeah. Totally. Of course. I've heard someone else say that. Yeah. Like he was a human. Like like. Human DJs are human, but you know what I'm saying. Like yeah, he was yeah. like a, um, he was like the human. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, he's a he human like DJ. The, yeah, they're fucking like, DJ, like the DJ just literally bringing together like all these styles. Yeah, he was like the yeah. turntable, you know, just sure, like cranking right. it out, you know. Totally makes sense. He's like the the, the DJ of like live music rather. Right. Maybe I should say that. It's, he wasn't using they used samples and stuff, but he was like he was making it. They were playing it live, and he was just cranking all this stuff together. And yeah, definitely wild. And like <clears throat> I. I Sucks that I didn't have the appreciation for it before he died. You know, it wasn't until same. after he died. Yeah, same here. Um, but I uh, appreciate it after. Yeah, which is yeah, which sucks. Oh yeah, I went back. I retroed, man. I went yeah. back and got everything and of course. and whatever they put out, I get it. I have the crazy full book, the coffee table book. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Read all that stuff. You know, yeah. great uh-huh. book. Yeah. Well, I mean, he talks about a lot of a lot of real life problems that a lot of people experience. You know, I think that's one of the other things that hits home with a lot of people, right. you know, like that's why he was so hip hop. Yeah. Even if you like, even if it's not directly affecting you, you know, someone that 
is maybe experiencing a lot yep. of the stuff that he's talking about. So, totally. I mean, there's just so much connection, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, that's partly why the songs are just going to go on forever. Yeah, because they're, they're yeah. based on real stuff and people can relate to it. And, uh, man, that, like I was saying earlier, that song, STP, like, yeah. I didn't know what it was about. I, I yeah. thought it was about just, like, dudes hanging out, fucking around, just, just being mm. in a house and just whatever, doing their yeah. thing. And it's like, you get into the lyrics and it's like, God damn, this is really dark. Right, right, right. You know, living in a crack house and yeah. the, the sort Having of characters tweaker, that you meet. The tweaker pad. The tweaker pad, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess I had an idea, but I didn't know. I, and I didn't know what he was saying in that, in that bridge part and all that, you know, the ska part. But right. So well, I dug in. Well, even Badfish, I didn't know what Badfish meant when we were like, hey, let's call the band Badfish, you know? And you, when you kind of yeah. think about it, it's like a little dark <laughs> to call your... Right, because there's a Bending sort of, that, sort of uh, is there like a connotation there that's... It's like someone of, who turns someone else on to drugs, I think, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Oh, right. is that a bad fish? Yeah. And I, I've, I've heard like three different definitions of it. But and maybe like, there is different sort of but, definitions, but, but, but that's I, my I, kind of I, understanding. Yeah, I agree with you that there's like, that's sort of the, the vibe they were going for. Or that's what they perceived it as, is like a drug thing, and it's a, you know on a some weird subversive level like that's what he was going for but it's so weird because that like so so early in sublime's career bradley's songwriting career but like yeah i get i guess one of the things that's so interesting to me especially with that song is like these songs like they sound so happy and he's like singing so right, happy sure. but it's like about right some fucked up shit yeah you know? and that's uh yeah part, of, you off. part <laughs> of the genius of it you know yeah, yeah sure yeah. I've always found that dynamic to work for us. Like if when I yeah. when I write about sad shit or bad shit, and I just put it to a happy melody, or right, like uppity right, right. kind of song. Sure, you know. Um, same in the end is like you can tell it's kind of a sad song, but like it's it has all this power and energy, and like right. it's, it's this big sing song thing. And but it's yeah. like you look at the lyrics again, you're just like, God damn, this guy was sad. Depressing shit. He's depressed, you know. Sure, totally. So real. That's it. That's the brilliance, man. Yeah, you so know, real. just weaved it. Yeah, that, I mean, I, in Same in the End was one of my favorite songs for sure. I mean, Same. like, I grew up with a lot of punk stuff, so, like, anything that they were doing faster, I was, like, loved it, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, there was either just, like, straight reggae, you know, there was the ska, but yeah. there wasn't much of, like, the ska punk. There was the Less Than Jakes and some of that stuff, yeah. but and that they just did it differently. Like, they yeah. just did it differently. Then you have to pay attention, I guess, to the vocal. Like, what's going on? What are they saying? Like, and I feel like Less Than Jake might have been a little more jokey, but... Something like uh, Bad Religion, you're like, might have an upbeat, bouncy feel or something, but like, it's about some serious shit. Like, it's about some, like, kind of depressing shit, actually. Uh, a band like Bad Religion. Well, a lot of the punk stuff was created, like, for for reasons, right? Like, right. anti political movements or yep. whatever, you know? I mean, that was whenever yep. punk music was started. Right. Same thing with reggae. That's why I've always yeah. felt like and punk reggae. and reggae. Yeah. Go hand in hand. They they work so well together because they're kind of based on the same things. It's, it was it was like it's, it's rebel true. music, you know. Right. Um, and it's it, I don't know. There's, there's something about it when you mix it together. It just it just works. Yeah. Same with hip hop, right? And yeah. Be able to have all those elements, especially at that time. I think we talked about this before. How yeah. even back then, you kind of had to. They're like there are clicks of music. You like if you like this. Like you like metal, you couldn't really say that you like rap and all these things. Uh-huh. And again, here are these <laughs> right. guys just right, like right. combining all that stuff, but. Yeah, on the DJ element, because I've been nerding out on those guys so hard with the samples that we do to throw in the Sublime stuff live. But, you know, shout out to Miguel and Marshall and Opie and all these guys. You know, they, again, they've, they, 
they 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 were music fans. I mean, they their crate digging skills were just so deep, and I think they get sick of it. But I nerd yeah. out anytime crate I see digging. those guys. I'm just like, how did you do this? Where did you get that from? And yeah. trying to do it myself. You know, I took out a lot of the albums and um, cut them up myself. I got an MPC at home, put them in there, so learned that ask. whole thing. You know, yeah. no tracks, just try to do it live. And so, so you just again, went and found all that stuff. Yeah, I learned a lot through that. I mean, that's how I'll give credit to them for again just teaching old reggae teaching hip-hop same way i credit you know chili peppers and dr dre for teaching you know old funk and mm-hmm. parliament funkadelic and stuff like that um it's a great way and uh how to do it right you know um, there's the will smith way to not to knock on will like to just take a song and you just totally do it exactly as it is and then there's the kind of subtle way to kind of reinvent it and kind of give it a whole new life and sublime i think is a perfect uh, example of that yeah um, sublime came out came around in a time this before they broke um when they started selling out shows and stuff in like the, the early nineties, um, you got to remember what time that was too musically. Like yeah. it was, it was like this weird moment between glam rock and Nirvana. And like, um, before green day came out and smashed in 94 in that. So like the 91 and like 93, something like that. When all this was going down and like, Funk rock was a thing, like right. funk like, rock, yeah, sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it was just all these different styles of music that were starting to kind of rear their heads, and like, here they come, like mixing punk and reggae and hip hop. Right. And, I don't know. It's just it's just really cool to look back on that stuff, you know. I, and again, totally. I, I never appreciated it back yeah. then. I don't know. It's it's very interesting to because there's you know there's a lot when you're when you're coming up as a as a musician and you're in a band or whatever sometimes there's this inkling to want to kind of go with what's popular sure. and I understand that, you know, but then that shit wasn't popular. Like what they were doing sublime. It was like, who the fuck was listening to reggae? Right. Yeah. You know, right. That's why this Not whole, really at the time. Yeah. This whole scene, this the whole scene was ripe for it. It was ready for it, but it was not like expected. Yeah. yeah. The, the scene that we're in right now, this reggae rock scene. Right. I think, a lot of bands kind of sleep on Sublime um, because, I don't know, they got popular in Santeria and what I got and all that stuff. Um, but I really think that Sublime is the reason that all this exists. Completely. Like, they weren't the first to do this. They weren't the first the first to mix reggae sure. and punk and stuff. You had The Clash and, you know, uh, The Police and bands like that before them. But it just, in 96, it just exploded um, and then there was this, there was this moment where it, it, it was just sublime doing that. Right. But then here you go. 10 years later, there's all these bands that, that were influenced by the sublime when they were 15, 16 years old. Sure. Mm-hmm. And now they're 25 years old and they're right. starting bands of their own and right. they're, they're playing the shit they loved, which was sublime and right. that and Goldfinger and bands like that. Right. And like, uh, that's what I was. And, um, and all of a sudden this, this scene started happening and then we're suddenly we're playing shows with, uh, you know, Expendables and and uh, Pepper, the, the supervillains and Pepper and yeah. and Pacifier and Iration and um and then here comes Revolution and all right. the, you know it's just I feel like it, it started like the, like Sublime was like the seed you know the, yeah, the true definitely. seed you know um and I feel like that a lot of bands sleep on that you know like maybe they don't want to admit that they like Sublime or something I I don't know I don't I don't yeah. this is just my own thought about this that's it With, yeah really yeah. do some bands not want to admit that because I, I mean I, I don't, don't know, know that to but me, yeah yeah sure I just think like to me I think about that point in the mid 90s and it's like okay Sublime Mighty Mighty Boss Stones 
no doubt, you know, top of the charts, these bands. Like Santeria, uh, whatever Mighty Mighty Bostones, and whatever No Doubt songs were like at the top, of the, literally at the top of the charts. Mm-hmm. Real Big these, Fish. Yeah. Real Big Fish. Uh, Real Big still, Fish. Still killing of it. Of course. 311 right. too. 311. 311. Yeah. Yeah. All these bands, you know, and like, I, I feel like Sublime had us, uh, they, they sustained them, their, themselves more or longer than these other bands like the Boston's kind of fizzled out who knows what happened to my uh, uh no doubt uh yeah sure Gwen Stefani she's on the the voice and that's awesome but um I think that like Sublime is just sort of like this band that like has kind of like carried through and it's like what the fuck you know like mm-hmm. and then I know there's other bands that have like carried through too but like to me uh, Sublime's like the band that has carried through in a way that is, yeah, like I mean, it has uh, to be like the closest thing to like Bob Marley, right? Kind of, I mean, like, yeah, like, like like kind of in that right. way, like right. I'm almost hesitant everyone to knows, say I'm everyone almost, knows Bob Marley. Yeah. Everyone, I'm glad you said Sublime, it because I'm hesitant you know? to say that, but you're right. Like, but like, like Bob Marley has like, to be like in that. Like way. they are like carried, don't dare compare the two, right? Not comparing, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just saying that's what the that's what the public would say. And it's true. Oh my God, you can't do that. But I'm glad you did. See, like Joel's always going to say like what I don't want to say, but you're right. He, uh, Bob Marley in, you know, Sublime, like they, they're carrying like the bastion of this awesome music, like over to the next generation. Like, mm-hmm. That's incredible. Yeah. I think the uh, part of the issue with the whole Sublime thing is just that it's fucking been 24 years, yeah. you know, like, like people, like literally kids that are in like high school and college, like they weren't around when, when right. Marley got hit the radio, like they don't know anything. Like, now, they weren't but, a, the, yeah. the whole scene, the whole, they don't know anything about it, you sure. know? Yeah. Okay. They're just these songs. They don't know about really Bradley even, right? They just hear these songs. Or In Blood the same or way that or... other people don't really know about Bob, Bob Marley, though. I mean, yeah. we're, we're, we're pretty far re- removed from Bob Marley. So in the same sense, like we're far removed from Sublime, but they, they both carry on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. In a great way. Yeah. Yeah, no, of course. I guess I just sort of relate it to like, I guess how we were sort of talking about like, bands and like people that are going like there's literally people that are like maybe going to revolution shows that like that don't even know who sublime is yeah you know, probably like, never even heard like, of they might not or even bob know who sublime marley, is actually you know? yeah yeah, yeah or bob marley. right yeah more likely true. bob marley that's, tr- but, that's true yeah you know so I, I guess i've sort of come to that realization in like the last couple of years okay where, yeah. where it's like like oh shit like this sublime music is getting kind of old like yeah, it's been yeah. around a long fucking time mm-hmm. yeah like wow yeah for like there yeah, are for real there are fans of Revolution and these other bands who sure. like don't really maybe they don't really know too much Sublime. They should, yeah. You know, they because should. and forget they about should, just, yeah. forget about just the radio hits. You know, like there's a yeah. lot of other good stuff there. Just like we were <laughs> jamming Foolish Fool, right? Like, yeah, totally. Pretty fucking cool. So and we sorry. were. And it was thought, awesome. was a, thought was a Sublime song until tonight. Dorian ruined it for me. <laughs> just another crushing blow. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, me well. too. Me too. I thought it was a Sublime song too. <laughs> hey. That's another genius admit, of it again. Like, it's true. It's that's how you one, do it. That's how you do it. Things. Again, yeah. that's a perfect. Here we are saying, you know, again, testament. Here we are, twenty, thirty years later, and new fans are, are finding this music. Uh, same thing could be said about that song we heard earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Like we don't even know it existed, and because it's a blime, now we know this cut from you know sixty nine. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's awesome. And, and I think that's <laughs> one of the one of the cool things about what we do and what we've been doing for a long time is like we're still giving people a chance to kind of like experience it and a lot of people like maybe they don't know that much about sublime or or whatever maybe they just happen to be at a show and they're like 
hearing yeah. or they know Santeria and what I got and they're hearing all these other songs and yeah, like, or their oh, friend fuck. brought them or something yeah sure yeah. right so it's in a way it's like hopefully carrying on that legacy in some right. capacity and I think they're one of those bands that's, that's never going to go away you know totally they're they're uh they're the songs of, are too it's good. kind of in there right like, yeah they're, they're in there that. it's yeah. definitely a culture that they've created you know for it's sure. not it's like uh, music it's not like uh you know there's other bands from the 90s that you know, had a decent amount of hits, but sure. you just don't really care to hear their stuff right. anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, like for Third me, Eye Blind. yeah, for me, yeah, like Third Which Eye Blind. Who I love, by the way, it's, like for real. I think Third Eye Blind. I did not appreciate that shit at all. And now I'm listening to that record. I'm like, oh, that's, that's those are good songs. That's you pretty know? good, yeah. Um, college rock is what it was for me back then, but kind of, yeah, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> college rock, yeah, yeah. That's what it felt like. So, was it Sublime just frat boy rock? So, at some point, another. <laughs> I little, think they are now. Little known fact: Arian Salazar, who's a bassist for Third Eye Blind, is probably the bassist that's credited for being the top of that funk rock Bay Area movement. His bass playing in a band called Fungo Mungo. That's right. From the Bay Area is yeah. insane. And again, like a, a lot of folks would give credit to being kind of the first yeah. to do that. Pre-Primus, yeah. all that actually. It's those albums that got Les Claypool yeah. uh, to, to get their producer to do his first albums. Oh, Check okay. him out. He, he's he's funky. Okay. That's Such a great, a great underrated a great player. Rock nugget, Such a great player. Such a great nugget. A great nugget indeed, Scott. All right, we're going to take a break real quick and pay the rent. Be right back. All right, we're back with episode 90, and we're talking to my friends Batfish, the Sublime Tribute Band. I met you guys, I don't think I actually met you guys until, like, maybe 09 was the first time that we ever played together. Was it that early? Holy crap. Yeah, because we, we were doing, I think we did like 40 shows with you guys in 09, like in the spring wow. or something. Wow. We did. We played... I remember playing in Florida. We did like House of Blues, Orlando. Sure. Um, we did Revolution in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Um, right, right. We did that tour together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was a point where you guys like, you were on a fucking tour bus. Like you got to this point. Like mm. what, I mean, that was, that had to be pretty epic you know, <laughs> yeah. you know. Well, th- there's I, definitely things about a tour. We don't have it anymore, are, so it's not yeah. so. <laughs> well, well, to me, there's a lot of things about a tour bus that are not that epic. You know, yeah. it's kind of a fucking pain in the ass. What, what are not epic about being on a tour bus? Well, you have to deal with a driver. You yeah, know? yeah. And then, and the fact that like when you get somewhere, you're totally not mobile. Like the bus just has to stay. Yeah. Like the driver yeah. goes away. If you need to move the bus like a foot, you have to get the driver back to the bus, and then you have to move it. And like everywhere, he's like trying to fuck you and make overtime, and you know, like it's it's a weird it's a weird scene <laughs> having like actually been through it, like kind of weird. I mean, the first the first time we actually like we never really were like looking to take a bus, but the first time we did it was on a West Coast tour, just because the markets are so fucking far away yeah, from each other. That's true. You know, like right. we actually like sometimes the routing just doesn't work out when you're booking a tour, and you know, like there was just one show that was like eight hours away and it was like we can't even like we can't even make it like we just have to if we want to like do these shows we have to get a bus so that was the first time that we did that that's 
I mean, yeah. I mean, we did we did a bus for uh, for Warp Tour 2016. That was our yeah. first bus. It was the, the whole thing, two months. How'd that go? It was fucking amazing, you know. Yeah. Um, but with Warp Tour though, it's a different situation. Yeah, you're, you're going to an amphitheater and you're just there all day, and nobody expects the bus to move or anything. There's no, there's always a. Everybody knows what's up. You know where right. you're parking. It's it's just it's very uh, formulaic every day. Sure. And um, you know when you're playing different clubs and stuff, there's. You know, the street streets are street parking, and it's just all parking's things. always different. Yeah, it's yeah. just different. You know, it's not like parking in the amphitheater every night. Sure, but uh, <laughs> I mean, we if, if the funny the funny thing with us is that like for those who know us and have seen us, uh, Donald and I, my brother, we're we're very tall. We're taller than most. Yes, and, tall. Don't fit in the bunk. We don't fit in the fucking <laughs> bunk, dude. <laughs> you don't fit in I the know, bunk. dude. It's not that comfortable. I'm not nearly <laughs> as tall as you, but I'm like close. Where I'm like, I have to go on the diagonal. I'm swinging my feet out, I and there's drunk, drunk people knocking into my feet all night. Like it's like, God damn it! Um, so it was like, you know, we, we're finally here, and I can't sleep. You know? Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> well, the the bus wasn't the the point of what I was asking. Well, but like, let me just say this: because that was around the time that I joined the band. Call me spoiled, I guess. It was probably around 2010, but. You gotta have someone else drive when you're boozing all the time. That <laughs> no, that's. That I mean, okay, let's talk about the pros of being on a bus now. <laughs> yeah, the pros. Yeah, yeah. You can you can drink all yes, night and just go to bed. Yes. And wake up and you're there. Sort the next of go day. to yeah. bed. Sort of go to bed. Yeah. Sort of. I mean, yeah. Whatever yeah. that means on a bus. I, I think about those shows too because, uh, not just to say because of the boozing, but I mean, yeah, I mean they were rowdy. We definitely had some. I don't remember the transition when everyone kind of stopped drinking a lot. <laughs> and it was an adjustment period. Right, yeah, like, yeah. how do we put I on the show? Yeah. When that, did that happen? Because God's kind of wasted right now. <laughs> true, true, true. true. Uh, it was different. And that, you know, that even goes back to <laughs> just, you know, more so than the music, I think when we play these songs, you know, to it, not play them like the wedding band version, and it has to be raw. It has to be the essence of what it was. Right. I mean, call it cheesy to say, but punk rock, you know? And right. Uh, right. that was definitely... Sure. Something that I still try to hold on. I know we do. Um, again, it was a lot easier, a bit younger and, and wasted. But I do recall just a lot of mayhem. I mean, Pal was jumping off. You know, he would do that thing where he'd jump off his amp, the big uh, yeah. thing every day. You know, shit like that. Yeah. You know, jumping in the crowd. You know. Come on, Pat. Jump off your amp. Come on, Pat. Come on, Pat. <laughs> you know, I mean, that just takes Why it out you of jumping you. off your amp anymore? Come on. <laughs> Even so, I stopped jumping in the crowd. I mean, I remember last time I did it, I would jumped off a stage at Irving Plaza, went into the mosh pit, and some dude pushed me over. I knocked my head on the ground, and I'm like, you know, like, do I have to work this hard? <laughs> you know, it's not worth it. I'm on punk rock. A guy just got his call of the day. What I was kind of getting at was, like, you guys got to the bus, so that means you were, you were probably making some pretty good money back then um, at the, to, to make that happen. And there were people coming to the shows. I mean, these shows were... I remember playing with you guys, just stupid packed every night, you know, yeah. like, and so what was the, what was the vibe? What were you thinking? Like, man, we started the thing in 2001 at Ocean Mist and here we are like selling out revolution in, you know, uh, 1200 miles away or whatever in uh fucking or 1500 miles away in fucking Florida, you know, well, I mean, that'd be great, right? Yeah. I, I guess probably like in the moment, you're not really thinking about that, you know, or like maybe not quite appreciating what's happening, you know, because, you know, obviously day to day on tour, like no matter how you're touring, you're still pretty fucking exhausted sure. and just sort of dealing with all that. But yeah, I mean, definitely pretty awesome to, you know, we've been very lucky to sort of ever get to the point where you're on a tour bus and traveling and like to go to a different state and have people come out to no matter what you're doing is mm -hmm. 
pretty awesome, you yeah. know. And, and I do remember one tour where <clears throat> one of the bus tours, right, where it was like literally like twenty sellout shows in a row. We're like, what the fuck is going <laughs> yeah. on? You know, awesome, like yeah. like what is even happening right now? Yeah. You know, and it wasn't like because we were doing some awesome marketing thing or any, you know, it was just like I guess at the time was buzzing pretty hard you know mm -hmm. people were coming out and it was a huge party i think that i mean that's just an, again it's an, just another thing that's in the spirit of sublime the, the original right. band because they were just a word of mouth band you know it was like just people say, oh my god i saw this band the other night and i gotta come you gotta come see him you know sure. they're playing here whatever and like just started packing it out you know like um i would love to talk to like that camp at some point you know just kind of get the story about them and you know, it just, you guys are sort of, you you guys are keeping the, the legacy going. And I, I just uh, like, I appreciate it. And I know like everybody that goes to the shows are having a blast, you know? you know, and that's what keeps us going to me. That's the reminder, you know, it's not about us really at all. You know, it's about person that comes to a show and is really touched by this and having an experience, you know, and that seems to be again, testament to sublime's music. It just, um, just, just, I don't know, brings it out in people What a great atmosphere. I remember one of my first memories, it was funny because when I when the band first started around 2001, and I had known Joel, he played in a uh, band with my brother, Yes, uh, Racquetball, the one we were talking about before. And so my dad was going to the early shows, and I was probably about 13 years old. And Badfish would play what every Friday night on the Mist, right, or something? No, like every couple months. Every couple months, but it was yeah. a big deal. And um, I remember my I, they, when my when Badfish would play, my dad would go out. And it was my chance to like stay home and watch America's Most Wanted. I'd roll like a fat cigarette, you know, way too young or something like that. But he'd come home and he'd be like, "Man, like, I was at the Ocean Mist. I had a blast, man. I had two girls rubbing up on me at once. Like, <laughs> there were guys moshing all this stuff. Joel's, it, it just sounded like such a party, and you know, it's been that since. And it's, it's you know, it's for the, the kids that come out, the fans that come out, you know. Uh, and I know what it's like to be that. I'm still that fan. I'm still that person at a concert. You might even find me." in a mosh pit at a Badfish show but I'm not playing you know like I you know I love that um, I was in a, a I see Bad Religion recently you know I was in the pit almost in tears you know like I'm a music fan and so like I I understand that and that's that's what we're there to provide because yeah. we know who's not here to do it right now you know sometimes I, I I'll be up there and like people I, I'll literally be up there thinking in my head I don't know if you tell me if you guys do this why are you here like mm. you're, you just paid money to come see us do this, you know. It's, it, and I know it's the order of things. It's, it's what you do. You, a band comes out, you like their music, sure. you go see them play. That's just what you do, right? We, that's just how it goes. But the fact that anybody would come out to see my band play, you know, right. songs that I wrote in the bedroom or whatever, you're here for this. You want to be? It always. It, it. I swear to God, every night it, it hits me. I'm just like. At least once, like I know exactly what you mean. Why, yeah. How? Why are they here? You know, and and it's hard to believe my own hype. Sure. Do you guys ever feel like that? Like, like, man, we're up here just fucking doing this thing. We're playing these songs, and these people are just going apeshit. Yeah, I mean, like, definitely more than ever. You know, I don't take any any night for granted anymore. You know, like yeah. really appreciative of everyone that comes out, and you know, I, I I guess like you sort of talk about where we were like kind of really growing growing pretty fast and we're on a tour bus and then you know things sort of headed the other way for a little bit and kind of it was around that point where i was like really took a step back and i was like wow you know like this is amazing that all these people take time out of their day they could be doing anything 
And they, because they, at the end of the day, right? Like, that's what it is. Like, they're giving you their time. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, money too, like, to pay mm-hmm. for a ticket. But, you know, they're taking time out of their life to come be a part of what it is that you're doing. And that's, like, it's special, you know? Because on any given day, like, people got a lot of shit going on. And the older you get, you have more shit going on. So, mm-hmm. and I know because... Especially when it's a Tuesday night. Yeah, of course. You know, right. I got to yes. get out the next Especially. day. Of course. So... I try to go to shows when when we're not doing shows, but it's hard, you know. It's hard to it's hard to get out. It's not easy. So definitely appreciate appreciate that for sure. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I think another mm-hmm. angle too is like being on the other side of things. You know, uh, the mystique is kind of not there behind the curtain. You know, we analyze these things so much. Or how many hours have we spent behind you know speakers or headphones analyzing music? You know, sometimes I just want to put on a record and just not think about how it was recorded or what notes they're playing and just, just, just be able to appreciate it again like we did when we were younger. And I, I try to remember that as well. Um, you know, the same feeling we get when we go to shows or we did when we were younger. Um, so, but I absolutely know what you mean. Yeah, you just want to, like, turn your brain off. Yeah, completely. You know, I mean, we're trained so much as professionals to really kind of, you know, put on this show. But uh, And sometimes I tell myself the same thing. I'm like, man, I ain't shit. Like, what, what am I doing? You know, but, like, <laughs> if every artist said that, like, yeah. wouldn't have this wonderful stuff to... To appreciate and so yeah yeah it's it's um if people just didn't believe their own hype and they just kind of like it's like well nobody's gonna like it anyway i'm just gonna stay in the house right you know <laughs> yeah it's like no thank I'm you i'm not gonna record that that hook that i have in my head right now <laughs> right. right right exactly exactly um so uh tell me about scotty don't where where did this come from that was a an original uh band mm-hmm. idea that we had that started pretty much when pat uh, Downs, our singer, took over singing for us, and uh, it kind of ran its course. I mean, we uh, we wrote some songs, and we had some fun playing some songs, uh, trying to make it happen, like sort of simultaneous with the Bad Fish thing, mm-hmm. like kind of, you know, playing Scotty Don't sets and then a Bad Fish set, trying to like make it all work together. But ultimately, like it... it Turned out to turn to be a thing that we you know we enjoyed it. We wrote some songs. It was fun, but like ultimately, it wasn't something that was going to be sustainable. Like with what we're doing, it, you know, what we're doing takes a lot of time out of our you know, yeah. Just you know, doing do, doing the 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 batfish thing is like awesome and fun, but it's ultimately it's time consuming and it's to be in a. Uh, original band is like like it's like double that you know it's not yeah. just like oh we just like do it do it do it we'll just write some songs too like it, it takes a lot of time and and uh we realized i think that at that time when things kind of fizzled out with that that it didn't there wasn't enough time to dedicate to that and and that and that's fine and mm. we're cool with it and we wrote some cool songs and we're, we're, you write some cool songs we wrote some great songs we love them you know, we still play them sometimes. And, um, it- yeah, I mean, I think there was like the idea that, like, as Scott was saying, when our first lead singer was quitting and Pat was taking over, we were, yeah. we were like, well, fuck it. We're going to, like, Pat's going to take over. And, you know, we'd always been, like, toying with original music, anyways. We're like, not only is Pat going to take over, but we're going to also fucking start the original band and we're going to open for ourselves and we're just going to fucking go for it. Fuck it. Yeah. Fuck, fuck what anyone thinks. You sure, know? we already had that. So, con- it was already like a blueprint that was yeah, set. We, we set already it, kind yeah. of like had yeah. the idea, just didn't really execute it, you know? So right. we kind of went for it, you know? And 
you know, partly I think what Scott's saying is true. You know, it's definitely taxing, like playing two sets every night, yeah. running two bands, running, you know, the whole thing. But Everything's double, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think end of the day, though, just like... We just didn't really like agree musically on what the music should be, and so like oh, okay, if right. the foundation is if sure. that foundation is not there, then like hard to have a original band, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we were all sort of like ha- saw it a little differently, hmm. so and that's okay, totally, that's okay, yeah. And not everyone's supposed to create art together, you know. Right. It's not, but we do this well, so we continue right. to do this well. Right. So right, right. You guys yeah. have always like I've always thought you guys like are. Get, there's been a couple like uh, tribute bands that I've seen over the years. Um, you guys certainly are the best at it. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like it's, I always thought like Pat had this sort of like uh, Brad character going on, and sure. you know, up there, and um, everything just it just felt like a like a sublime show. You know, yeah, and yeah. you look out there and you see kids just going crazy and moshing and that just does doing, knock it all. That is doing you know, what they yeah. do. Yeah. You know? I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you see that. You know, like the, yeah, man. I saw it on the first like, time. It, feel, feeling like it's a sublime show. That's yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, you're you're playing the songs and um, you're playing them really well. You know, like yeah. you know, uh, and the people wouldn't have have seen that ever. You know what I mean? There's bands that just play a sublime song like us every now and then. You know, sure, but right. like having the whole the whole tribute set and just sure. doing. An hour and a half of Sublime songs. You know? it, it's hard to replicate what we've done now, which is like play these songs over two thousand times together yeah. on a stage. Mm, you know, right. like what band ever does that? Yeah. Really? So we we had a lot of experience doing this, and mm-hmm. yeah, you, know. you guys still, are very tight with your transitions and everything, for sure. Yeah, and it still trips yeah. me out that we're able to do it. You know, like I, I remember again being driving around and. My friend's car in high school, you know, back when they had big subs in the car. It's probably on E or something. And I heard Ruka for the first time and, it, you know, just shaking my whole bones. And you like drugs, man. And now it's like now I'm hitting the sample, you know, in front of thousands of people and shaking their bodies. It's just like, man, like, cool. You know, like so appreciative. That, you know, that feeling that's like that fundamental feeling. It's like uh, no matter what you're playing up there, it doesn't matter. Like, but when you realize when you look out. And take a second look out, and you're like, "Oh my god, I'm like making that person move right now." Yeah, you know, that's what it's about. That's that's really what we're cool. here to do. Yeah, you know, and, and kind of to what you were saying before, like pretty much every single night when there's like a crowd and a big crowd, I'm just like, I can't fucking believe that there's a thousand people here to like come enjoy this and mm-hmm. see what what's going on here, you know, mm-hmm. and to see what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think there's any night that I'm not thinking that. Like, yeah, it's fucking unbelievable. Yeah, it speaks to. Bradley Speaks to the influence, Bradley's yeah. songwriting, honestly, like yeah, it's and the really influence it, that they've had, really what it boils down to, like in the, you know, if you're gonna get raw with it, I mean, that's what it is, right? Yeah, there's there's no like, uh, there's no tricks, you know, with right. you guys up there. It's not like, I mean, not you're really. you're jamming here and there, and you're doing some cool like transitions and different kinds of intros and stuff, but it's not like, you're not ruining the songs or anything. It's like just it's enhancing the experience, you know, and yeah, and and I mean, you know playing even with my band like this, we get tired of playing so- certain songs i, I love playing all the songs you know but like <clears throat> you got to change it up a little bit and yeah. you would do that with your original songs just like you are doing with right. these you guys play these this is your bread and butter you know so it's yeah. like you got to keep it interesting sure you know? yeah that's why we sometimes try to like 
bring in a horn player or, or you know like kind of switch it up a little bit that way you know kind yeah of. I've, I've seen a lot of iterations of yeah. you guys you've seen all the iterations <laughs> yeah. pretty much you've seen all now of them. a part of it <laughs> yeah. you've pretty much seen all of them wait yeah. did you were you around for the first lead singer i no i just missed that oh, yeah, uh, i just missed that yeah um well, i because we have a whole other podcast about that <laughs> <laughs> We used to rage the wrecker, you know, like with oh, Can't Hang, dude, you know, yes. one of the all-time best bands. They're so good, so, so good. good. Can't Hang. <laughs> yes. They do their they do their last show ever every Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> of course they do. Yeah, oh, I, I love go. them. I yeah, love them. Go. I go. love them. They do it in Baltimore every Christmas. <laughs> do they really? and, uh, yeah. It's what like, venue? Uh, they usually like they've been doing it the eight by ten. Yeah. But then there was this other venue last year, and I can't remember what it was called. But oh, um, what's this? What's this singer's name? Uh, Luke. Oh, Luke. Yeah. Luke, do it again. <laughs> Dude, they, we'll be there. They, I know, man. Like, um, they just like Steve is out in LA now. Steve's he, awesome. He's a great guitar oh player. Oh my man. gosh! Um, but uh, so metal. He, I just saw he like works with. I don't know if he's still doing, but he was working with the Guitar Center. I'm sure. Uh, like in like like corporate though, not like yeah. just working yeah, at yeah. the store. Right. And like I caught him uh, interviewing 311 for one of the. Gu- the guitar center things they did a couple so years good. ago. I'm like, oh, that's fucking Steve. Steve. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean. That was one of my favorite bands locally, man. Like, yeah, yeah. and it was like it I wasn't bet. just a favorite local band; they were one of my favorite bands. Yeah, correct. You Us know? too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just they, they. We played that live at the Funk Funk Box album, like on the reg. Yeah, in the van when we have for the past ten years. Like, how does that it's band so not good. get fucking huge? You know, like dude, it's so good. It, it's weird, you know. And probably now they would have a better chance just with like how Spotify and like. Yeah. It's even easier for people to right. access. Right, they music, might have been a little bit know? before their time. Those guys, those, I know. I wish they could have stuck it out because I feel like they they could have done some really big things. Totally. Um, I always thought that uh, they they were one of the bands that were like they were mixing punk and reggae, but they were doing it really fucking well, man. Definitely. And right. and their punk rock was really punk rock. It was like yeah, that fast it was shit, punk rock, you know. Yeah. And um and and they just knew how to break it down, and everything was just good, you know. Um and Luke's just got this cool. Uh, timbre to his voice and just i don't know he's, 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 he's very good at leading the crowd yeah he's yeah. got a voice yeah I, I love that band still and they were probably out drinking us even then oh my god you know? they we, were <laughs> yes they set the bar pretty fucking high for us I, i've gotten <laughs> shitty with those guys many times yeah and like yeah 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 luke could definitely tough. Yeah, yeah. I, I, they said the bar. I couldn't. I definitely could not hang with. with, with him. <laughs> could not hang with Ken Hang. Yes, they have that. I could not hang with Ken I Hang. They have that name for a reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so a great fucking band. Yeah, they um, are. But uh, so um, where where is Pat? Is he zenith vaulting right now? Is he is he doing something with the, with his side yeah, project? I think or? he is. I think he's like zenith vaulting out in uh, yeah. L.A. I think he's got a couple shows. Cool. With this solo thing going on, and that's cool. We were like psyched for him. And... Well, well, I think he's not even really going out there until like Monday. No, he's there right now. Oh, yeah. He watched the snap. Right watch it's oh, it's gotcha. the story, baby. Catch oh, up. Right. <laughs> Get on that story, baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. Check out that story. Yeah. Too old for Instagram. So, so he's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's doing his thing, So, which is cool. I was. He showed me that stuff last year, and yeah. uh, I was like, damn, this is awesome, man. I love yeah. that. It's like that synthwave shit. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, it's awesome. Yeah, he told cool me about stuff. some bands, and I told the guys about it, and now the guys listen to it, and um, yeah, really cool stuff. He showed me that yeah. video he was working on, like driving yeah, just the car released one the day, just just uh, yeah. two days ago. So yeah. cool, man! Yeah, he's yeah. definitely putting a lot of time into uh, these videos and making it happen. Making you can tell cool. he cares, and he's all about it. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's good. He's dude. into it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's 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 him. You hear that music, and that's 
that's him. And, um, you know, in some ways, it's probably easier just to create music by yourself, you know, than it is to like do it with other people. Not, not always the easiest thing. I totally understand that. Yeah, yeah we, I, could ne- we could never create that kind of shit together as a band. Like, no. Oh, yeah. No, like, that's what like, I mean. Like, by like, committee, like, yeah. you know how it is. Like, you, 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 you know, in a band. Like, yeah. Know. Completely trying to, trying to make yeah. decisions by committee. There's yeah, no I've been yeah. writing original you do it songs by yourself for almost and... twenty five years, and <laughs> yes. you know it's like you don't always agree. You of know, right. like I've had to change lyrics to full entire songs, you know, because the guys are like, eh, "I don't like that." I'm like, I get, I get mad and I throw a shit fit, and then I fix it, and it's fine. But right, you know, um, you can say fuck them. It's okay. Yeah, well, no, I, I, t- I totally, podcast. I totally like fuck you guys. Whatever, <laughs> ah, eat shit. You know, whatever, fuck, fuck you die. No matter eat what, shit, you fuck do, you. Like, if you're doing things in a group, there always has to be some level of compromise. I yeah, mean, I mean, yeah. no matter what of you course, do in life, of course, not just course. music. So yeah, I'm I, just goofing. if you're if you're solo, then you can just make all the decisions, and you know, yeah, when if there's this is the bridge, this is the bridge. When there's no one to answer to, yeah, that's right. just what it is, and that's part of the beauty of it. And and like I've been working on stuff, I, I always work on stuff, but like, you know, it's just it's 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 that liberating thing. You've got this, like I've got Ballyhoo, and like, you know, I I. I'm the primary songwriter for sure, but uh, I try to, you know, let those guys have their influence on it. And right. sometimes I'm like, I'm like, can you do it like this? Eh, you know, because like the, I, the problem is you get demoitis. Because sure. I, you know, I've been there's songs that demo-itis, I've been listening. Demoitis, I like that. It's called demoitis. It's where you listen to a demo for fucking a year. It's true. Or more. But yeah. I, they're, uh, even yeah. longer for me, in a lot of cases. And uh, when the drummer comes along or the bass bassist comes along and they play it differently than what you know from the last you know year or so hey, like, it, it fucks with your head you're and you're like, like no. wait a second no can Demo you artists. yeah can you can you fix that yeah and and then you know and i don't want to you know be like that course, you know yeah. i'm not like but like it, it i don't know so sometimes it feels like you know what's good for the song Right, and then people pitch things back. Well, and I'm like, and I'll be like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, fuck it, yeah, do that. Sure. That's fine too. Dude, I don't. I I would not. I, I make drum beats. You know, I'm not a drummer. I I can think of drums in my head, but that's like, what I need to do. But dude, it's it's not easy. It's fucking hard. And like, I'll program a beat or something to it for a because I like to fully produce a demo. I want to see how it's gonna sound. You know, and it's never within my like this is the drums you know it's like it, it there's been a few songs where that's happened like can you just play it like this please because it's it goes with everything else yeah but like nah man he if he's got something better i'm all about it sure. right you know right, right, right. um so that's where the collaboration comes in somebody's got to kind of steer the ship and then you sort sure. of get like the people coming in saying well what about this what about this and you know yeah. that's right so many dynamics to being in a band right it's a lot in reality there's yeah. so you know again like you can get so far working with other people way farther than, than for yourself. And mm-hmm. and the other angle too is I had to learn the hard way too. Much of my time, maybe being a quote unquote side man when I was younger and such, and to, you know, respect an artist's craft, mm-hmm. you, you know, just be glad to be a part of it. And they open that up to you rather than maybe coming in. A lot of guys sometimes have an entitlement and they think that they just want to, you know, kind of latch on and, and not really understand really everything that goes into it. And once you kind of see that other side, you can turn it on, you know. Mm-hmm. I always try to ask if I'm working with somebody, like, and I don't take offense to what the answer is, like, how much Dorian do you want? You know, you want me to be myself? Or Should do I go want, full Dorian? Yeah, or do you just want me to show up and do, like, what this Dorian. job entails? And I don't take offense to either, just to know. I look, uh, Flea is a good example. Like, Flea is Flea all the time. Mm-hmm. And he gets to be that way. It's his band and it's his sound, but... You might not want Flea on, I don't know, like if you just want some meat and potatoes style bass playing on, on some, you know, 
singer songwriter type thing. You know what I mean? And who's gonna tell Flea to be I, young and, MC? And he would, meat and potatoes. Was that? I knew young MC. And, and still, he's able to be Flea on that track as well. They uh, asked, they asked him totally to be Flea, right? Flea, Perfect like example. The best yeah. Flea. Yes, of course. Yes. <laughs> His book comes out in three days, by the way. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. I wish I liked to read. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I mean part of it is just like sort of like a team sport versus like you know playing tennis right. yeah so yeah. there's you, a lot of things you can accomplish as a group mm-hmm. but it's just a, it's a whole different animal yeah, you gotta be completely gotta be willing to work with each other and you know and I, I make a lot of decisions and things and I just kind of come up with these big ideas and stuff and just try to push us in a certain way but I I try to be open mm-hmm. to everything you know and and so, but sometimes it's just that like nothing gets by me, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like I just like that can't. No, we can't do that or or whatever. Right. You know, I'm usually right. like a pretty easygoing person, but like sure. when it comes to like the art, man, it's like just it's hard to like give up the reins. That's you know? your baby, you know. That's, yeah, that's yeah. close to home. Yeah. yeah, I try to be as giving as I can. And, sure. Sure. Yeah, that's good. Um, so uh, we're gonna play a show tomorrow. Yes. And uh, we sure fucking are. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it, please. <laughs> it's gonna be. Less than 24 hours from now. It's going to be... Hey, man, I'm looking forward to it. You, I am you, looking forward to it. You called yeah. me a couple weeks ago, and I was just like, let me think about this. <laughs> like, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's do yeah. it. And um, yeah, there was definitely a few songs where I felt like, uh, wow, I need to really sit down and learn these, you know? But luckily, I was a huge fan of Sublime growing up, and we used to play a lot of, a lot of these songs in the bars back in the yeah, day sure weekly you know right and uh so i remembered a lot of the stuff um but yeah when you really dig into those lyrics man and some of those chord progressions that as easy as you think the songs are they're they're not as formulaic as you think and right. they're they're there's some weird twists and turns yeah and then also just playing like playing guitar and singing on some of this stuff is not so easy you know? dude and then like I, again i've seen pat do it with you guys many times like same in the end for example right yeah i only am what you told me to be that whole guitar part right there yeah it's three chords but it's right. but it's so fast and it's, it changes really quickly it seems easy but it's not so easy and then yeah it's like my brain and my hand just doesn't it doesn't want to my mouth and my hands don't want to yeah do it, you i know? couldn't do it and yeah it's yeah. it's really weird and i know i'm just gonna like really gloss over that tomorrow when we do it you know sure. but, and it's gonna be awesome yeah it's gonna be great man. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm stoked i i'm, I'm gonna brush up we, on some if things, we glossed but... over it tonight at rehearsal then it's gonna be awesome because <laughs> it sounded great good. well i was lucky I had, I had the googles in front of me tonight which was fun but oh uh, yeah the googles but uh just on a few of the songs i was just, just a few little helping me out but um sure. but i'm gonna go over that when you guys are out of here oh yeah cool. I, I don't want to look like an idiot you know so it's gonna um, be great, but no, it's gonna be fun, man. I'm looking forward to it. We're doing this the CBD festival thing, power plant. Yeah, for real. Um, but uh, you guys have been traveling all day. I should let you get out of here. Appreciate man. you having us, man. Yeah, man. I feel bad keeping you this long. Yeah, I left Chicago 4:30 a.m. today. Damn. <laughs> what else is new? Guys are fucking road warriors, man. Oh, we so all. we do, right? That's we're probably musician second, truck driver, road warrior first, <laughs> professional. Yeah, that'll yeah. kill. That'll kill anyone. Kind that's of parents fit for second, it. but yeah. whatever. True. Yeah, I'm not. We're yeah. like the masters of doing shit without sleep, man. Right. <laughs> yes. Pretty much. When when how does that work? How know. often do you guys bring like we we would always bring on like uh, crew guys that never really had done done the business before. Like we always bring in like new people and like train them up. Yeah, and then they go on to do bigger and better things. It happens a lot. Um, and people steal them from. Yeah, people, other like bands we tour with. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, is Alex, beware. What's Alex doing tomorrow? Beware. Yeah, what's Alex doing? Tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, Alex is actually out Alex with a band. That's, Alex is with a band right now. It's selling out fucking theaters every night. Right there we now. go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
so uh, I don't even know what the fuck I was talking about, but um, yeah, just sleep, lack sleep, of sleep, yeah, lack of sleep, lack just of like it. I don't know, man, just like being able to just oh, like, with the crew, like just within two days, the new guys would be asleep. It, like we'd be, I'd be up driving, or we'd just be sure. up in the van. Every, the the new guys are asleep because they just can't handle the schedule, you know. And we're just like oh, so right. hardened by yeah. it, you know. We're like, this is just normal shit. Yeah, and, you right. know. And we bring the the uh, the girls along sometimes, you know, for like kind of local shows or within a couple of hours. They're passed out in the back, you know, they're or, done. on the way yeah, home. They and can't like, deal with that. Yeah, schedule. it's just a different lifestyle, yeah. man. I only know as it applies to my wife, and, and like she she knows she's like, how do you even deal with it? Like I, for like a week. And I was like, done, done. Yep. Sleeping. I'm like, yeah. So, yeah, most what, people think they want to like, be in a we band. Stay, we stay up as late as we can, and we sleep as late as we can, and then we like rock, rock, and that's it. That's yeah. It. You know? It's weird that drinking and drugs has always been a part of rock and roll. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> to like keep it going. Yeah, we're not, we're not, like, a druggy, be, we're not yeah. like a druggy band, but like, you know, like drinking and stuff, of course, it comes into play. It's like, hey. Yeah, like, what I'm saying in general. For, for, yeah, for know. sure. I mean, the uh, yeah, I, I don't. I've never like really I've never done drugs. Really. I did ass when I was 16. That was pretty cool. But um, but uh, just drinking and stuff and like kind of yeah. that whole social thing and just kind of I don't know. It, it does fuel you for a bit. You know, there's a, yeah, there's, yeah. a there's a good handful of years there where we were yeah. just like fueled on Jägermeister and oh man, keeping sure. the keeping right. the dream alive. You know, yeah, yeah for sure that. And now then, our body and then it gets tolerated. Just like, <laughs> no, my body's give me like, two shots. Stop I'm, it, dude. Next day I'm hurt. I can't even eat like after ten anymore and not, and not feel like shit in the morning. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> it sucks. I was gonna say you did the sober October. You, I was gonna say you look refreshed. You look good. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. I feel great. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. You know, you did a whole tour without drinking. I did. Not easy. It's not easy. Not it's easy. not easy. It wasn't. And a couple of guys cracked. About Scott cracked eight days in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. hey, he made it eight days. He made it eight days. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, I'll tell him it's uh the namesake yeah no it, look it's honestly it's the namesake no it's uh it's never uh it wasn't a judgmental thing it, it's a personal choice and nobody was ever pressuring anyone it was just like it was just like let's see if we can do it you know and uh whoever drops out nobody's gonna we'll, we'll make fun of you a little bit to you know to your face and it's fine but that, we'll just bust each other's balls but like um it's honestly it's not like hey man if you want to fucking drink go ahead nobody's sure you know it we just thought the camaraderie sure. thing would be something to help with it you know I'm kind of trying on that tip right now, not saying I'm done, but like just really like yeah. just, just slowing down and uh, picking and choosing. But it's funny being on tour because sometimes you forget. Like you set these goals and all of a sudden you're just like smoking a joint with some kid, like <laughs> in the back of some club. Like how did this happen? <laughs> well, you know, if that's, that's like, going to put you over the fucking line, then yeah, you're off. You're off. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're out of the fucking... Isn't it always like a little more fun to have a couple beers while you're like entertaining a crowd? It's not quite the same like being totally sober. I think I don't know. No, no, no. You're you're right. You're absolutely right because the like we we had done like sober shows before this. It wasn't, but this is the first sober tour, you know. And like there were nights where we're like we didn't we didn't feel like drinking. We were just like whatever, and we would go out there cold sober and just like it was weird because like you're used to taking a shot, maybe drinking a beer before sort of taking the edge off and kind of getting the vibe yeah. going, right. you know, and, right. and you sort of feel like, all right, it's party time. Let's go do this. We're going to rock this shit. Have a great, yeah. great night. Um, when you go out there just sober, it's like, there's no, you have to come up with a different sort of like psych, psych, psych yourself out moment, yeah. you know, like sure, get, yeah. get pumped up. Yeah. How do you do that without, you know, kind of t- taking a shot together or something, you know, know. Um, and just feeling the vibes. And then once we got on stage, it was just like, you know, it was over most nights. It was just like, okay, seven shots of whiskey, yeah. you know, in an hour and a right. half. Um, and then more after the set, you know, um, <laughs> but it just felt like it just got, 
just got to be like, Ugh, you know, and I was already yeah. kind of tapering off anyway. Right. You know? But again, it was, I, I don't plan on like quitting totally. Like I've already got, I'm, a, I'm probably gonna have some glass of wine or something on Thanksgiving and Christmas, things like that, but just not going at it hard yeah. at the shows, you know, Good. just when you wake up and you realize you're like drunk and hung over for the last 40 days on yeah. tour, it's man. like, you know, and you wonder why it's so hard every day you know sure. oh man especially at this age right yeah. like just can't just sleep on miscellaneous floor anymore and wake up and feel all right Fuck that. <laughs> over that, <I> understand that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well dude thank you guys so much for uh coming to the bat cave coming to my house and thank you man thanks for sticking around us. for this and thank you so much for letting me rehearse because i was i needed that yeah really that was great. <laughs> thanks awesome. for having us yeah man for sure sounded great yeah well, well i'm looking forward to the show tomorrow, shall we yeah we yeah we, we shall absolutely man Thanks, Howie. You guys Thanks, Howie. Thank you. Awesome. Right on. All right. Well, there you have it. We had a good time. We had a good time. I was I was definitely a little bit, I don't know. Again, I don't. I wasn't quite nervous. I was more like, I was a little anxious maybe, you know, just trying to remember all the lyrics of some of these songs. And uh, I just followed them. And then there were times where they followed me. So there was a nice safety net there. When we, when we did the show and uh, ended up having a great time and um, those guys were really happy with how I did and how the whole thing went and they, they want to do it again at some point so yeah totally down for guys hit me up give me a call um, yeah thank you all to every, anybody that came out to that um, thanks for tuning into the podcast once again uh, grab those Ballyhoo tickets grab those Eric Rockmani tickets um, and uh, let's hang out Wednesday night 8pm at my YouTube channel, all right, APMEST or EDT is what? What is it? It depends on the, whatever time of year it is, daylight savings time or something like that. Anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google that. All right, uh, thank you so much. Have a wonderful week. Um, I'm gonna see you Wednesday night at, at YouTube. All right, this is Tales from the Green Room, episode number ninety. Howie Spangler signing off. Take it easy.